When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Are you watching closely? Every magic trick consists of three parts or acts. The first part is called the pledge. The magician shows you something ordinary. One. The second act is called Two. Three. The Turn. The magician takes the ordinary something and makes it into something extraordinary. But you wouldn't clap yet. Because making something disappear isn't enough. You have to bring it back. That's why every magic trick has a third act. The hardest part. The part we call the prestige. Welcome to Syndicate, a film and TV podcast. From our screens to your watch list, we gather to share and discuss your next favorite. Join us as we want you to spend less time scrolling and more time watching. And now, here's your host, Armand Haddad. Hello and welcome to Syndicates, where we want you to spend less time scrolling and more time watching. I'm your host, Armand Haddad, and welcome to Episode 8. This season, we are exploring the hidden gems of films or films you probably passed over watching. Joining me in the studio today is Todd. Todd, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you, Armand? I'm good. Good. Thank you for asking. Yes. Currently, Todd is a podcaster here in the Chicago area. You probably know Todd from his podcast, WSTR, Galactic Public Access. Yep. So, Todd, <laughs> tell, us, <laughs> tell our listeners a little bit about um, WSTR. Sure. So, uh, you are one of the founding members, my friend. So, uh, we, yes, Armand and I yes. go way back. And, uh, yeah, so we just finished uh, on May the 4th. We just finished our 170th episode. So, 
it's been going on for quite some time. We we started at uh, Rogue One, so um, it's been a little journey and it's been fun. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, we are we kind of do we the pitch is NPR for Star Wars, right? So uh, we kind of do all <laughs> kinds of different stuff, but you know we try to mix it up between topical what's happening on currently in the Star Wars universe, and then obviously we. Uh, take a look at like character de- dives. We do a lot of character analysis and then, um, you know, try to interview different podcasters and trying to build that up as well, you know, get their perspectives on different things, but we try to keep it pretty fluid and not so um, topical because it's like those things kind of burn in vapor because it's, it's nice. There's a lot of Star Wars news and constantly changing directors and different movies and all that kind of stuff. So but it's been a lot of fun. And, uh, of course, uh, one podcast is not enough. And I just started another podcast with my son, Trent, and that's called Big T and Little T. And uh, <laughs> so we just started that uh, when Mandalorian came out. So kind of took in the Disney Plus route. And so we did Mandalorian. Um, we just finished up with Clone Wars. That finished up May 4th. And uh, I think we're going to watch The Resistance, which I, I've never seen, but it's a cartoon. So more kid-friendly. It's a six-year-old, so our episodes are like 20 minutes long. So it's been a lot of fun doing that with Trent and kind of exploring Star Wars. So I like Star Wars, but I also like talking movies, and I'm very excited about the movie we're going to be talking about tonight. Oh, yeah, me too. And uh, your podcast with your son, that sounds super interesting and kind of adorable yeah. <laughs> it's the the best part it's one cut like i don't pause it's not edited i just it's one cut so whatever he says it's happening i'm not doing a lot of editing on it it's just one take so if he has to go to the bathroom we you know whatever you know like it's just a lot of fun but you know i think I think the beauty about Star Wars and about movies and stuff like that is that you there's a lot of teaching moments in it. And so as a, as a father trying to work through uh, Star Wars with him, it's a lot of good things to kind of talk about. And so it gets a little deep in a sense, but like, again, it's his perspective. And so um, it's very interesting, you know. Uh, of course, I, I have my own thoughts and takes, but then hearing it from a six-year-old, you're like, oh, okay, you really did like The Rise of Skywalker, but, you know, so, <laughs> so but, you know, so it, it it really, I really enjoy it. Uh, it's a lot of fun. And so um, he, he enjoys it too. So that's good. So, yeah. Nice. Yep. Yeah. Everyone check out WSTR Galactic Public Access and also Big T, Little T. Yes. Right. Where podcasts are available. (laughs) That's right. That's right. That's right. So today we're going to discuss the themes of duality and hiding in plain sight Mm. for this episode's film recommendation is Christopher Nolan's 2006 film, The Prestige. And before we really get into like the plots and like your 60 second elevator pitch. Um, what were your first like initial reactions to uh, the prestige? I thought I saw this movie. And then when I started watching the movie, I didn't see this movie. So, um, oh, yeah. so I, uh, my initial thoughts were again, um, Nolan is one of my favorite kind of current directors and you can, his style is very unique and he loves writing with his brother because I believe this was co-written with his brother as well. And uh, yeah, you can yeah. just you can just tell that he likes those kind of deep plots that are not this kind of popcorn movie stuff, which is kind of refreshing, you know. So 
uh, yeah, my initial thoughts were very engaged. I was very engaged with all, you know, I thought it was well acted and the performances were really well done. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the time period as well as the plot. So I, I think it, it just kept me hooked the whole time through. Yeah. For me, like it was a recent discovery too, because like, I thought I saw this movie, but funny enough, like, because I've heard of the illusionist. I was going to say, is that out- the Ed Norton one? Cause I think these came out yes. like, you know how cinema is. It's like, oh, okay, we're going to have a disaster movie. Here's Twister. <laughs> and then another, you know, and then like, oh, yeah. now we have to have earthquakes and we have to have the end of time. And it's like all these like themes. And I think these literally, these two magician movies came out right around the same time, which I find kind of interesting as well. So, yeah, it's funny because like you have two dueling magician movies. And then in the movie that we're about to talk about, yeah. we have two dueling magicians. So it's like. <laughs> <laughs> It's like life is imitating art yes. and art is imitating life. Yep. It's really hilarious. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I this was a recent find for me too, like because like I heard of Christopher Nolan for, you know, his Batman movies, Interstellar, Inception, but like Prestige like went under the radar for some reason and I just don't understand because like it's such a great film. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Yes. So before we get into the plots, mm-hmm. uh a thing we like to do at Syndicates is called the 60-second elevator pitch. Please stand clear of the closing door. So we've all been in that situation where you're trying to, you know, sell a friend on a movie, but you don't have a lot of time to do it. Right. So I want to simulate that with 60-second elevator pitch. So I need you to summarize the plot of The Prestige, avoiding major spoilers, in 60 seconds. Are you ready? Oh my gosh, I don't know if I can handle this pressure. <laughs> Okay, let's start in five, four, three, two, one, go. Okay, so you know Nolan, who Christopher Nolan has directed Batman and the whole Batman trilogy, and you need to check out this old movie because it is cool because it has Wolverine and Batman against each other, but they're magicians. And so (laughs) you need to watch it and it's very engaging. So if you like magic or you like the, the, the secrets behind magic and uh, you can definitely get hooked into this lore and it has this kind of very nice tone with it as far as like how the two are battling more on a, practical level than fist level. And I think that's what is very intriguing about this movie. So you should check it out. That was like probably 30 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) That was like, I guess 46, but no, you did it like that. Like you pretty much gave the feel of the movie to someone that has no idea what this movie would be about. It's like, Hey, you have Wolverine, you (laughs) got Batman. Alfred's there too. So you have, you have Wolverine, Alfred and Batman, right? And they're kind of and oh wait, and Black Widow. I totally forgot about Black Widow. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's see, it's kind of hard to like do it in sixty seconds. It is. But. It is. Uh, even though you told me about that, I, I was not prepared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, easier uh, said than done. Yeah, but yeah, like you said, like it has a star-studded cast. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Christian Bale playing. Uh, Alfred Borden. It's funny that his character's name is Alfred, considering he plays Batman. <laughs> his butler is named right, Alfred. Right, yeah. Uh, Hugh Jackman plays uh, Robert Angier. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have Michael Caine playing uh, John Cutter. Yep. Scarlett Johansson playing Olivia. And then even David Bowie. 
Is that David Bowie? That was David Bowie. Yeah, he plays Nikola Tesla oh in the gosh, film. Oh, yeah. I could, and then, of course... I, I was thinking that was Pierce Bronson for some reason. But now that Pierce you Bronson? say... Yeah. <laughs> Not Pierce Bronson. Pierce Bronson? Um, no. Um, gosh. James Bond? James Bond guy. Yeah, yeah, Pierce, Pierce Brosnan. Brosnan, not Bronson. <laughs> that's a totally different that's, uh, movie. That's Charles Bronson, Charles weird brother. Charles Bronson, yeah, like <laughs> twin brother or something. Okay, so. And then, of course, Andy Serkis, who plays yes. uh, David Bowie's um, right-hand man. It, like then, his you know, Igor. It's like his, he's like yeah. the Igor. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then we know Andy Serkis by playing uh, Gollum, and then oh. in the Star Wars universe, he plays uh, the supreme leader of the First Order in the new movies, Snoke. Snoke! He ain't no joke! No, he's not. <laughs> and then once again, reinforcing the thought, like, this is a hidden gem. Yeah. It's funny because, like, it's, it's, like it has, like, an all-star cast, and yet I, yeah. nobody really knows about this right. film. You know, and it... So, I'm looking at... Um, Wikipedia, you know, that's where you get all your information from. Um, oh, yeah. Budget was $40 million, but it only made 109 That's That's sad, actually, because I feel like people should watch this movie. Yeah, like, I don't know. I guess it got overshadowed by Christopher Nolan's, because it it's wedged in between Batman Begins uh-huh. and The Dark Knight. Oh. So it was like... The years in between those two movies, so maybe it got overshadowed by that. Maybe the Illusionist took some uh, thunder <laughs> from the Prestige, but right, yeah, like marketing-wise and performance in the box office, it did well, but like not amazing. I, yeah, right. It still made a profit, right? Which is fine, but like when I see a hundred mil, like, oh, this is actually a really good movie. When you think of like again, when you think of the top ten. You know, box office, you're like, all those movies are, you know, some of them are good, but not always, you know. It's honestly, it's those kind of blockbuster popcorn movies that make the bucks. But this one is so well acted, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I think uh, it really shines um, in the stories really well. So obviously we're going to get into that in just a minute. And let's get into that. So the opening scene, um, so the setting takes place in London, uh, turn of the century, 1890s great have. this is such a great period time right like i also was kind of reminded of sweeney todd you know um yeah a little darker with tim burton but you know um i just love that period because it's still like it, it's kind of americanized a little bit but it's still kind of cool seeing that time period and you got you know obviously you mentioned tesla there i think that's and you know and uh thomas edison and you know like electricity and you're like you, you take that for granted. So it's kind of cool kind of oh, seeing yeah. that kind of um, time period. Oh, yeah. And then we're going to get into like Tesla's role in this film because like it's kind of weird that he is in the movie. But yeah, I love the aesthetic of, you know, that turn of the century, you know, kind of like it's like almost modern day, but it's not quite right. there. It's like this like in between time of like innovation and uh, industrialization. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, exactly. And the 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 wardrobe is kind of cool. You know, they're what they're wearing and that kind of big top bill hats and you know, like the very gentlemanly, you know, kind of <laughs> Sherlock Holmes kind of feel to it as well. You know, so I just love I love that period in, in with London. 
Oh, yeah. Kind of makes you wish, like, people so dressed like that. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I would love to, you know, wear a cane or, like, have a cane and a little top hat and good day and tip the hat, you know. <laughs> I think it would be called something else if you wore clothes like that now, but... <laughs> <laughs> It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's your style. Okay, yes. Nice. <laughs> so the film opens up with, uh, we learn about Robert Angier mm-hmm. and Alfred Borden. Yes. Uh, known throughout the film as Angier and Borden, like their last names. Oh, so they're working right. for this uh, stage magician and uh, John Cutter, who's played by Michael Caine. Mm-hmm. He is like, uh, kind of like the stage engineer. He's like, you know, overseeing the whole operation. He's like, kind of like the producer, if you will. He's yeah. like, okay, you're yeah. going to do this, do that. And he's kind of like overseeing everything. And so they have um, a very dangerous uh, illusion that they're trying to do. Would you like to explain uh, what that exactly is? Yes. So they are trying to, they have a lovely lady assistant, which you find out very quickly is, uh, is that Angier's wife? Correct. Yes. 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 So at one point, um, they they the magician that's on stage points to this. You know, this is very kind of like you got to get the audience involved, right? So he points to two gentlemen, and they come up, and that's where you find out. Oh, they're kind of behind the scenes, right? Um, but they are pulling off a trick where the lovely lady, the assistant, is tied and then bound, and then she is put into a tank. They cover it up. And um, she has to get out, you know, she has to escape. So illusion is that when they pull back the curtain, she's not in the tank, but she's like next to the tank and better <laughs> and, and <laughs> unbound and a little wet, but okay. She's okay. Right. So that's, that's kind of the illusion they're pulling off. Yes. So very dangerous because mm-hmm. she's being tied up and then submerged into the tank. Yeah. And she only has a around, I guess, like a minute to really, get out before correct uh john cutter comes in with like an axe well yeah he was literally gonna cut yeah he's gonna like have the axe and he's he's which is cool i think they show you know a couple times they show him hitting the the his stopwatch in a sense like okay boom here we go got 60 seconds to get out of there so right Mm -hmm. and so it's already a dangerous stunt but uh borden says so borden's character wants to push the envelope a little bit and he has his own ideas mm-hmm. and he wants to and i i would say he thinks he's better than the magician that they're working for which is this older gentleman because he, the the magician insists on using a specific knot yes right and he said like no i think this knot is would be better and then robert angier thinks like you know like that's not a good idea like we don't know how that knot's going to interact with the water. Maybe it's going to be difficult to unbound and then yes. like a trap her into right. the tank. Yeah. Well, I, I guess we also, the, the other thing that we find out quickly is that they're kind of protégés, right? So yes. Cutter's taking them under the belt and they're trying, they're up and coming magicians. And that's why they're kind of almost like the stagehands. So they understand not only how the showmanship works, but then also the technique and everything like you, you know, like you're explaining is that, you know, he wants to push it with a different knot, but Cutter saying, Oh, the water could absorb it and it could be different. And it's on, it wouldn't work out. That's why we always go with this knot, you know? 
Right. You want, you want to be safe, safe. rather than right. sensational. <laughs> right. And of course, um, being novice magicians, they want to go for that sensational. Right. While, uh, Angier wants to keep it safe. So Borden ties the more complex knot yep. for her to get out of. No, the reason why he wanted to do that knot is because when she's being hoisted up into the tank, he's, Borden's afraid that the magician's knots that he's insisting wouldn't be able to hold her. She'll drop, yeah. hurt herself. Right. So he's like, let's use this knot, a stronger knot. And then, like you said uh, earlier, like we don't know how that knot's going to interact with the water. Right. It's going to be like too much. We also have to say that Andrew's wife says, do it. She, she wants to try it out. She wants to take the risk, you know? So. Right. She gives consent and she yeah. is willing to, to make that risk. Mm-hmm. So Borden behind everyone's back, except for, um, Angier's wife. Mm-hmm. Um, he does the knots and she is submerged into the tank. Mm-hmm. And what happens after that? Well, they, they, so they, we see this trick twice, right? So the first time, no flawless, everything, everything's great. The second time with a riskier knot, uh, obviously it does not go right. And, um, Cutter then takes the ax and try to break out. There's panic, obviously, um, and then gets out, gets her out of there, but she is dead by that point, you know? And so, mm-hmm. um, they, I mean, it's, it just goes bad. Right. So then, then, um, they have kind of like a little funeral service. Right. And they have this confrontation cause he's still kind of worried about like, or he's fixated on what not he used. Right. And he basically says, I, I don't, I don't remember, you know? Um, and that's, that's kind of the, that's the start of how they, these two don't like each other now because right. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of so, a big deal. Hey, you murdered my wife, in, but maybe accidentally or being a little risky and trying a new trick, you know, with a knot, right. um, that's a risk obviously that didn't pay out. <laughs> right. So. Right. So like, Angier's wife's like her death really drives the story forward. Right. Like that's the the moment where we really get the plot going. It, and it's that obsession, you know, it's like the obsession of Hugh Jackman's character to like really he's he's obsessed now. Like he he wants to be better. And right. technically try to get revenge at the same time, you know. So Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so the magicians, after that catastrophic events, mm-hmm. they both go their separate ways. And something to note before we like follow these characters on their paths, um, I wanted to recite the opening lines of the film, oh, cool. which are yeah. spoken by um, Michael Caine's character, John Cutter. Okay. So, he, so he, in the beginning of the movie, explains how a magic trick works. There's three parts to a magic trick. So he says it like this. Every magic trick consists of three parts. The first part is called the pledge. The magician shows you something ordinary. The second part is called the turn. The magician takes the ordinary something, turns it into something extraordinary. But you wouldn't clap yet, because making something disappear isn't enough. You have to bring it back. And that's why every third act, every third part in the magic trick has a third and most important and hardest part, and that's called the prestige. Mm. So the prestige is like 
the whole points of the magic trick. It's like, right. yeah, you can make something disappear, but you got to bring it back. Mm-hmm. And then it's all about the showmanship with it. Right. So those lines will reverberate throughout the entire film. And like, that's kind of like the foundation of the film's premise. And the title the of the movie, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which we'll get into later. Yes. Yeah. Because that's very important mm-hmm. to the themes of the film. Yeah. So, um, following Angier and Borden, so they go their separate ways. And the film, can I stop you right there? And the film, yeah. like almost, you know, like most films do have a three act thing, and it and it kind of follows the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not only what you know Cutter's saying, but it kind of the plot almost follows that that same kind of three act par- uh, premise too. Exactly. And like I would, I would just say it right now. Yeah. Um, like I think. Uh, Christopher Nolan comparing uh, the three acts of a magic trick. Yeah. I think that's an allegory for filmmaking in general because, yeah. like, you got the pledge, the turn, and the prestige. Yeah. And then in filmmaking or storytelling, you have the premise, yep. the conflict, right. and then the resolution. resolution. Right, exactly. Yeah. So it's like, is he saying, like, our directors, like the modern day magicians, because, like, they're telling a story, they're captivating their audience, and then they're wowing the audience. Mm. With like, you know, the revelations at the end of the film or like the conflicts and mm-hmm. like you're taking something ordinary, like someone's everyday life. Right. And then the turn, which is conflict. Yeah. And then you bring it back with the resolution. So it's I, interesting. I, I, it, it's, yeah, I think this is blatant foreshadowing, right? I feel like he's setting up the audience, but also explaining magic. You know, so yeah. it's a it's a it's a cool two way. I, I think it definitely goes both ways. Like he's literally explained the basic premise of magic to everybody, but also foreshadowing the plot, you know. Right. Like Christopher Nolan, like doesn't I would say he doesn't spell things out yeah. for the audience. Like right. he allows he drives a story, he paints it how he wants to paint it, and then at the end of the film, you're like, oh, now I see what he was doing. <laughs> right, like, right. like, it's not very, like, yeah. heavy-handed. Yeah. Like, it's like, if you notice, you notice, and if you don't, you don't. Right, and I would say, right, great- I, f- I feel like sometimes, like, the, the director or the cinematographer is like, will point directly at something like, Ooh, look at the, you know, like, look right here with the, almost like the imaginary <laughs> red arrow, right? And yeah. I... I I feel like Nolan definitely takes more of an atmosphere approach where he's just, you're like in it. Right. And you're like a bystander, but it's not so focused and heavy driven where it's like, you got to look at this thing right here, you know, Um, which I find very refreshing. It's smart. It's It's like, it doesn't, it doesn't dumb it down for the audience. (laughs) Right. Well, I, 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 don't want to constantly refer to Batman, but I think that's why Batman um, in those movies, he, he definitely is atmospheric. He's, he's painting the mm-hmm. whole, you know, what's going on in Gotham and everything and how these characters interact. And it's like, he's doing the same thing here. It's very, he's letting us know what London looks like and what, what everybody's doing. And it's not just about these two magicians. It's, Mm-hmm. A little bit more, you know, so he's given us a little bit more space to kind of see the whole world. And it's not just so like laser focused on these two guys. So, Right. Yeah. Like 
Christopher Nolan is like the master of like atmospheric and like building like a vibe mm. for everything. Mm. Cause like he does it perfectly in the dark Knight trilogy where yeah. you feel like you're, you know, immersed in Gotham city. Right. And like, he does the same thing with the prestige where you feel immersed in this I, world. Like you forget that you're watching a movie. Yeah. It feels like you're watching, right. you're, you're with these characters. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I know we're going to get it to later, but I mean, when he goes to Colorado Springs too, I was like, Oh man, this is awesome. But yeah, we'll get that in a minute. <laughs> yes. So, okay. So back to the story. Um, <laughs> Angier and Borden go their separate ways yep. over the death of Angier's wife, uh, the magician's assistant. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's very interesting the way Christopher Nolan paints these two characters because, like, they're doing the same things, but they're two very different people. Like, you have Angier, who's played by Hugh Jackman, mm-hmm. and he's more of an upper-class person. Like, ah. he's more privileged. Mm. So he has, like, this air of, like almost like elitism to him. And then you have uh Borden who's more working class and more. Yeah. Like, like a street, like, almost people. like a street performer, right? Like mm-hmm. he's, yeah. he's just, you know, trying to get, he's always struggling to get to that next level, you know? Yes. So Angier and Borden kind of like have this feud with each mm-hmm. other. Like it was alluded before over the death of his wife. And he keeps on asking him like, like, did you tie that knot? And it's up to the audience to determine, like, is he lying? Like, does he not remember the knot he tied? Or is he trying to cover for himself? Like, the way uh, Christopher Nolan showcases, like, the duality between these two men. It's almost like opposite ends of the spectrum. Right. Like, you have somebody really working to get to the next level. And mm-hmm. you have somebody that is that higher upperclassman, but struggling with reality that his life was perfect. And now this man ruined it. And that's, that's the real struggle, right? Like he, he had this whole perfect, the perfect wife, the perfect act, the perfect name, like everything was laid out. And now that is taken away from him. And so that's where cutters like, okay, well we got to get you a new assistant. And you know, like that's starts another part of his life, but he's always looking to Borden's, you know, like he's always, he's always looking what Borden's doing, which I find interesting. Like, it's kind of like, um, kind of like in high school, right? You're always looking at somebody else, yep. you know, like, Oh, I wonder what they're doing. Or, mm-hmm. you know, even nowadays with social media, it's like, Oh, that person's having so much fun. I wish I was having that. <laughs> you know, like you have that kind yeah. of, uh, not, fo- not, not like, FOMO, but just like you're, you have this, like, you're like, oh, these people are, are so much better than me, you know, like, and you're always constantly looking at them. And it's like, mm-hmm. dude, if you just live your life and you figure out your own thing, you're going to be fine. And that's all going to fall in place. But he is right. so hell bent on because of obviously this alleged murder. And, you know, they were only a couple of people on stage. So, you, you, you know, you know, you know, he tied not. So it's like, it's hard. He just can't, he can never get over that. So. Right. And what makes it worse is like Borden has a family, like he has a wife and he has a kid. Like he has like a pretty stable home life. And Angier is completely jealous of that because like, he feels like Borden robbed that from him because he had a wife, he had the home life. And then that's, completely uprooted 
right. because of a, a trick that went wrong. Correct. So he wants to get back at Borden. So yeah, there's one part where he kind of like follows him, you know, in the streets. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he sees that happiness that he has. And he, he, I think it also drives him to be even more bitter because like you just said, it robbed him of that. And now he's like, wait, this guy can't be happy. He's got a wife and a kid. He can't be happy, but he is. And it, it makes, it drives him even more, you know, I don't, I'm not insane, but just like it, it drives him even more to that kind of point of madness where he's completely obsessed with him, you know? Right. And that takes us in the film to the point of no return, yes. um, which is uh, Angier in disguise um, goes to one of Borden's um, magic trick um, performances and it's completely not going well. Like Borden is not that great of a magician. Right. And well, he is, but he doesn't have the stage presence. That's that's yes. That's been kind of laid out, you know, that you kind of get that feel that. You know, again, um, he just doesn't have that. He's not refined. Yeah. Like Angier is like, he's probably like the greatest showman who's also oh. played by Hugh Jackman. <laughs> <laughs> Coincidentally. <laughs> like in my own head canon, like this is like a prequel to like the greatest showman. <laughs> I, I could, I could roll with that. I could roll with that. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So Angier has like, he's like, the performance guy like he has great charisma like he knows how to command it's, it's an audience kinda like, you know dude this is like if you want to take music this is like the rock you know like a uh arena band person right that has mm-hmm. like horrible music but they can fill the stage right like well, it was like nickelback or something right <laughs> but then uh-huh, you got yeah. this person that can rock but he's in some dive bar and it could go either way right because it's like yeah. uh your your music's really good but you know, sometimes the crowd's not totally into it, you know, um, trying to push the envelope a little bit. But the trick he's trying to perform, and we see this a couple times, is like it's a fake bullet thing. Like it's a loaded gun. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's that's where we arrive at this scene. Yes. So the trick is like you put in like it's a blank. Like it's not a real bullet. It's just like gunpowder in the gun. Mm-hmm. And then he has the bullet in his hand and he's simulating like he's catching the bullet. Mm-hmm. But Cutter warns against that because he's like, you you know, you never know what someone's going to put in the gun. Like maybe like one of the audience members has like a coin or a rock that they could put in the, the pistol and then shoot it at you. Mm-hmm. And then you die. Like, do you want to make that risk? And then Borden's like, yes, I do. Like I always wanted to push the envelope. So he does that trick um, when he's doing his performance because he's losing the audience. Like he doesn't have like the charisma and he's losing the audience. So he's like, you know what? I have one last trick up my sleeve and that's catching a bullet. Everyone enjoys that. Apparently everybody likes to get shot fakely, I guess. I guess that's in London. (laughs) Hey, they didn't have TVs back then. So, you know, it's cheap entertainment. Do do as the Romans do, right? (laughs) Exactly. So he picks an audience member like, okay, I'm going to choose you. You're going to shoot me. I'm going to catch the bullets. And lo and behold, it's Angier in disguise and Borden. Looking very Wolverine-ish. He's got like a scraggly beard and, you know. Mm -hmm. Fake beard and all that. And then he asks him right before he fires the gun that he loaded a bullet into. (laughs) He said, 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. What not did you tie, boy? <laughs> and then yeah. he said, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And then he gets shot. And he, and then what happens, Tom? He loses two of his fingers. Yeah. So as a tradesman, uh, as a working man and a magician, you kind of need all your fingers. Yeah, he basically has to learn uh, to do the magic tricks without the two fingers, and then he starts wearing gloves. Um, mm-hmm. There's a scene, too, where they show his hand, like, healing, and then the next scene, it's like, why is this still bleeding? You know, it should be healed by now. And so there's, you know, it doesn't look well like this. He could lose more than just two fingers. But yeah, they kind of, he's trying to struggle to to get that going. Right. Like, thankfully, that did not kill him. Oh, and uh, thankfully, his career did not end because of that uh, injury. So like Borden continues, you know, working his way up the ladder in the magician world. Mm-hmm. While Angier is still... Angry that one, his assassination attempt didn't kill him. <laughs> right. Yeah. And right, then two, yeah. he's he's still working, so he's like, Well, what the heck? Yeah. So Angier continues to spy on uh Borden, and then Borden, which is the whole premise of the movie. Yes. The, the driving force, Borden develops a new uh illusion. Right. And what is that illusion? It's the disappearing man. So the transported man. The transported man. That's correct. Right. So yes. he has two doors, like almost two closets on stage. Mm-hmm. And the idea is that he bounces the ball, he goes into the door, and then he comes out the other side and grabs the ball. So, you know, kind of stage left, stage right, boom, answers, bounce, boom, and then he comes out. Um, and so Angier in the audience, once again, in disguise, and he pulls off the trick. He pulls it off, and he's even more angrier. <laughs> you know? Right. So he sees this trick being done, and he's completely baffled by it. Mm-hmm. He consults his um, producer, Cutter, Cutter, and he's like, yeah. hey, like, how could he have done this? Like, Cutter is completely unimpressed. He's like, no, nah, that must have been a double. Like, there's, there's no way. Right. Like, it could be anything more than that. And then Angier, obsessed, is like, no, it has to be something else. Mm. He, like, I don't know what it is, but he's he's doing this impossible trick and I don't know how he does it. Like there's no way he can move that fast between the doors to yes. catch the ball. Right. So it's like, how is he achieving this? And, and Cutter insists, this, insists it's gotta be a double because there's no other way, you know, like he's just, cause again, he 
Cutter is also a magician and engineers these tricks, right? And so he's like, a trapdoor, you know, you just can't move that fast considering it's a bouncing ball. That's the whole premise of the, again, this is the second act, but the, the, you know, it's like, that's unbelievable, you know? Um, and then he pops out the second, you know, uh, the second door. Right. And so Angier is trying to incorporate or steal that trick. Yeah. In the art world, we will say adapt the trick, but he's like straight up like stealing the trick. Well, but th- I think that's the other cool thing about like, again, I don't know a lot about magic, right? Or whatever. And I'm not mm-hmm. a magician, right? But <laughs> you do, you do know, um, that you do know that like, obviously a magician, there's like this other thing that's going on with the diaries is like this kind of code thing going on that they kind of show about, right? And no, a, a magician is never going to reveal the trick. The only time he reveals the trick is either he sells it or he dies and, you know, somehow passes it on to whoever wants to pick it up. Or he has a protege, which basically, hey, you're going to, you know, Jedi Padwan here, you know, I'm going to teach you the trick and you're going to take over, you know. Um, And so he's he's like, there's got to be, you know, he's got to be writing this down. I got to know about it. I got to figure out I'm going to steal the diary. You know, I got to figure out what's going on, you know. And so that's kind of the stagehands, Black Widow, Mm -hmm. Scarlett Johansson, um, um, becomes kind of a love interest with Angier, you know, and just like kind of fall in love. And Mm -hmm. then he basically, then she, but here's, here's the part where, again, he has a second opportunity to kind of restart the life. He's got a pretty good act. He's killing it on stage. Got a nice looking, you know, assistant and they right. have a, some chemistry and he wants her to spy on him, you know? And it's like, dude, come on. Yeah. He's doing whatever it takes to learn the secret. And I think that breaks, and that kind of breaks her, you know, it's like, it's like, she, yeah, I thought we had something here right. and then you're just using me to, right. you're using me as a pawn to get one up on your arch enemy. Like what the heck? And what the weird thing is, is like he, going back to the secretness of magicians he wants to tell the trick he's trying to do is like the truth she he wants her to tell the truth and so he kind of up what right before this kind of happens is that he gets a, a double yes angier hires a double that looks pretty much like him. I mean, the teeth is a little bit uh, wonky, but, you know, just don't have him smile. And so he develops this huge complex uh, illusion where, like, he's using the double and then elevators to, like, propel the, the double forward. And Right. Instead of using closet, he uses kind of like a flat door, you know, like that old stage where you just open up the door, you know, yeah. and it, so it's it, you could see it. Just a door frame. Um, right. In, in frame. And the audience can see it. That's the thing. That's the trick, right? So the idea is that when he opens up the door, there's a trap door. He lands on the, the bag. And then on the other side, uh, does he throw a ball or what does he throw? He throws his hat his because hat. Uh, Angier is wearing a top hat. And the, he's of like, course, I'm going to catch my top hat. Right. And so he, he throws, throws it hat. across the stage. And then the other double pops up the other side. So then he catches it and the crowd... Loses their mind, right? <laughs> yes. And so, essentially, he perfected, quote, the transported man, or mm. I think he put it like, 
like the the better transported man. It was something superlative and stupid. It looked, like, dude. That's the other thing. Those advertisements, you know, like those old like banners and stuff. Those look yeah. great. I mean, it's just like <laughs> that old kind of like that carny circus kind of like the better transported man or whatever it said. <laughs> um, it looked. It, it fit, it, you know, it fits fits very well in in the world building. I'm just like, oh yeah, those are great. Those are awesome. Oh yeah, like once again, like Christopher Nolan ha- knows how to immerse the yeah. viewer. Yeah. So, like I said earlier, um, pretty much he perfected the transported man mm-hmm. using the trick with the double. Right. Except it's not enough. Angier sends you know, Olivia basically to spy on Borden. You know and. How, yeah. and, and basically, you're going to tell them the truth. I'm using a double. And she, like, I, I, that breaks her. She's like, whatever, you know? Yeah. So the reason why it's not enough for, for Angier is because, like, so he starts the trick. He goes below the, the stage. And then his double, oh, right. you know, basks in the glory of, yeah. you know, the praise and the applause of the audience. It, he's kind of like, egotistical, isn't he, my friend? Yeah. Like, yeah. that's what makes him a great showman. It's <laughs> like, he's so, like, into himself and, like, wants to command the stage. So. There's a great yeah. shot, too. I, speaking of, like, almost like uh, the great great showman or whatever. I mean, like, there, he kind of, like, opens up his arms, you know, like, and feels the praise, but he's underneath the stage. And that's where yes. he's like, oh, I need that crowd, you know? Yeah. So he's now, like, one, he's envious of Borden, and now mm-hmm. he's envious of his double. <laughs> right. So he's like, you know what? Yeah. It's still not yeah. enough. That that was Hugh Jackman, right? With just, like, a... Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I mean, it's like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, future checking with some prosthetics. Dude, on yeah, I face. think I think it's just because I'm in a magician movie. I'm watching it. I'm like, wait, is that Hugh Jackman? Or <laughs> you know, like, did they find somebody that looks like they're just like him? So, but yeah, uh, I, I think he again he does a great performance as the other actor. You know, the the double. I, I think it it plays off very well. You know, it really does. Yeah, and Angier sends his assistants. Mm-hmm. To steal Borden's diary. Yep. The diary that he uses to, you know, write down all his tricks and all mm-hmm. that stuff. So she manages to steal the diary, except it's, you know, in a coded language. It's uh, all uh, cryptic languages, like only he can read it. Yeah. So he doesn't have a cipher. There's no way for him to read it. So. Yeah. It's kind of like, yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's like you have the USB with all the stuff on it and you're like, I need the password to do it. I can't see these files are encrypted. It's kind of that old school, like, can't hack the thing, you know? Just can't hack the goober, you know? Yeah, so Scarlett Johansson's character steals the diary, gives it yep. to Angier, and then Angier doesn't have the cipher to decode the diary, and he's like, I can't I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Except there is one thing he decoded on it, and simply said... Tesla. Tesla. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. So... That takes Angier, like you mentioned earlier, with uh, Colorado Colorado Springs. Yes. Um, that takes Angier to America. Yeah, and I, I love this part. I, I just think it's cool. Again, Old Town West. Um, I just like I like the look of it. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a train. I love trains. It looks great. You know, there's these <laughs> great shots. And then I just love how also Angier is like, oh, you have electricity, you know? Um, right. And they're like, the whole town's powered by electricity. And you're like, you don't realize, you know, how privileged that is, you know? And so mm-hmm. love the hotel too. Like all there's like 
these, you know, like assistants waiting for him. It's very, it's very London-ish or very English, but yeah. it's in America, you know, and having, you know, everybody there, how long you're going to stay. He's like, I'm staying here indefinitely. So he's trying to get an audience with Tesla, who's kind of like that old kooky uncle on the, on the hill. Right. You know, so yeah. um, I guess we should mention right before this, Borden upstages Angier by removing the mat underneath. Right. Yeah. That was kind of a big thing. <laughs> so yes. basically he breaks his leg, right? He breaks his leg. Mm-hmm. He, uh, Borden comes out and misses the cue, right? To go up the elevator of the, the new transporting man um, and basically up upstages him on his own stage and say, Hey, I, I have a better act right across town, you know, right across the street, you know, it's, it's a classic, like it's a classic move. And, and I, I, mm-hmm. so now Angier is walking with a cane. He's, you know, you know, again, it just adds to his kind of misery of, uh, of his life in a sense, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, he's there at the, he's trying to get an audience with Tesla and uh, he's got electric, electric fence, which, Makes sense because he's Tesla, yep. um, <laughs> and and so this is where Andy Circus character comes in because mm-hmm. he's kind of like the Igor to to Tesla there, um, and basically says no, he's not seeing anybody, right? And right, and at this point, Angier's like, I got all the money, just I need I need to see him, you know, and I want to get mm-hmm. an audience with him, so right because. Angier is convinced that um, Tesla is in cahoots with uh, Borden and like Tesla (laughs) developed some sort of something for Borden to achieve this transported man. Which makes no sense. Like we, you know, and that's the other thing of, of like Angier's obsession with Borden. It's just like his resources are not as much as his. And yet he feels like, He's in mm-hmm. cahoots with this Tesla guy, and it's like in America, this guy's you know, it's just it just seems so bizarre to me. Right? Are you familiar with Tesla? Uh, a man? little bit. I I saw a Tesla just the um, uh, over Christmas. We went and saw um, the Trans Siberian Orchestra. Oh yeah, and they had a real Tesla there, dude. A part of Whoa. the act. It That's was fantastic. Cool. It was. Very metal, very cool. I was like <laughs> blown away. There's like fire in this big ball with these huge electrical bolts coming out. And like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it was. It was pretty. It was- so that's called a, a Tesla coil. Yes, so thank you, Tesla. Yes. So a little bit of backstory between like a little subplot in the film, which is uh, Tesla versus Edison. Yeah, right, so right, yeah. Edison was very like direct current. And while mm-hmm. Tesla was very alternating currents, yes. and now today we kind of have a mixture of both. But um, there Tes- for ACDC, my friend. Yes. yes, and not the band. Not the band. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so Tesla was kind of like the big uh, rival to Edison. Mm-hmm. Edison was uh, the American uh, he's a genius in all regards, yes. but he was like a businessman. Mm-hmm. And like I would uh, just like, compare him like to trump where edison okay Okay. like he's like i built the light bulb i'm gonna call it the edison bulb and this is (laughs) 
Like he wants to slap his name on everything. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Well, Nikola Tesla was just, he just wanted to create something. That's all he wanted. Definitely, definitely scientific too. You get yes. that from him. Like, and he even says it's not an exact science. Sometimes you have to experiment. You have to do mm-hmm. all these experiments um, when we finally, you know, get to meet him. But it's, yeah, they're totally, totally two different realms, you know? Right. And the reason why Angier is so convinced that Tesla made something for Borden and, you know, achieved this transported man thing is because right before he meets Tesla mm-hmm. with uh, Andy Serkis's character, he takes him to a field full of light bulbs oh. all, all on the ground. And he said, just wait a minute. We do this experiments like every month or every week mm-hmm. and like every bulb in the field, which aren't connected to anything, light up. And so that actually happened in real life. Like Tesla created wireless energy where there's a famous photo of Mark Twain in uh-huh. Tesla's laboratory holding okay. a light bulb, just like holding it. And, and, it's, it's, li- and it's lit. Yep. Which is incredible. Like, that's I incredible. have no idea yeah. how he even achieved that, but that's <laughs> the, the caliber of genius yeah. that we're dealing with, with Nikola yeah. Tesla. That's awesome. I didn't even know that. That's so cool. Oh, yes. Like, See, I'm getting educated tonight, too, as well. This is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, like, Tesla is like a rabbit hole of yeah. intrigue that you can jump yeah. into. Right. So, Angier thinks that Tesla built a machine right. for Borden. So, yeah. so, he's like, I'm going to give you money, and I want you to create a machine for me to achieve this trick. Mm. So, Tesla's like, you know, I didn't do anything at Borden, but let me see what I could do. And yeah. so after many months of developments, he creates a machine. And it's not really specified like how long he's there, but it's been a minute. It's been a hot minute. He's been there for a while. Yeah. Like there has been, you know, like it took a while. It's, it's like trial and error. Like Correct. Tesla's like trying to figure out like, why isn't my machine working? I'm trying to transport one item somewhere else and it's just not working. And then later in the film, it's revealed that his machine was working, but it wasn't transporting things. What was it doing? It was teleporting. Teleporting well, and, and copying. And copying. Mm-hmm. So at the end, uh, again, I don't remember Andy Strickland's character's name, but he takes his cat. And so they want to try it on a live thing because they, they used a top hat at the first initial experiment. Um, Angier's top hat and it just sat there. It didn't move. It didn't disappear. So that upset Angier and, you know, uh, basically, you know, it was kind of revealed that like he's self-funding all of Tesla's work in a sense, not just this project, but the whole thing. Um, And he feels like he's chipped, right? Mm -hmm. So they finally, you know, Tesla's like, we got to do it on a live subject, takes a cat, puts it there. Again, the cat does not disappear. So Andrew is once again upset, leave, about to leave the compound or whatever you want to call it, his estate, and he hears a cat. And so he kind of goes in the woods a little bit. We're uh, still on the same premise uh, or same uh, estate, and he finds not only the cat, but then he finds a lot of top hats. Yes. A few. Yes. So then they, they learn that the machine isn't, you know, teleporting or transporting items it's, around. It's cloning. It's like, cloning yeah, it's cloning. 
No big deal. So Tesla warned Angier, like, you don't want anything to do with this machine. Like, mm. don't don't use it. Angier, of course, ignores him. Of course. Of course. Of course. Takes it and uses it. And he incorporates he incorporates that into uh his the new transported man. Mm. And so instead yeah. of using a double, he clones himself to achieve the trick. True. Right. And then he ends up at a different part of the stage and you're like, mm-hmm. how did he do that? You know? Yeah. yeah. So like it's just so insane the <laughs> the lengths that Angier went yes. to one yeah. up Borden, like he goes across the world. He goes to yeah right goes to America, Colorado Springs, which is not even like New York or East Coast, right? He's going like he's in thinking, there. Yeah, he's, it took a minute to get there, right? Yeah, and then he meets this mysterious scientist, like create a machine for me that can teleport, and then instead of teleporting. It's it's a it's a machine to clone things, right? Right. Well, and before he leaves that that very night, the Edison goons show up at the hotel and mm-hmm. burn burn Tesla's estate. Yes. So now Andrew's like, I just invested all this money. Now I go back the next day, and Tesla's estate is smoking and and not. Not good place, but then there's a gift by the hotel man or the uh, maitre d. I don't know, you know, whatever you want to call him. But I don't know what he is. Yes. The hotel manager is like, hey, <laughs> Tesla left you something, a nice little note. And he goes into a room and it's it's the machine. And that's what he teleport or teleports. That's what he takes back to London and incorporates in his act. And it's pretty, pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. So now this this the stakes are flipped now. So now Borden is trying to figure this out. Like, okay. And so in one, one, you know, cause they do the act a couple times mm-hmm. and one, again, they're picking audience members and now these are real audience. These are not plants. These are real audience members and Borden is literally checking it out. Like what's going on? Um, right. Yeah. So then, uh, then he then he goes behind the you know he bumps the stagehand and he gets he goes downstairs to see like what's happening here. Yeah, and the reason why he's so interested in Angier's uh, new transported man is because like his prestige, his third act. Yes. Because like it used to be like him throwing the hat, him yep. coming out the door, yep. copying what Borden did, mm-hmm. but now it's like he goes into the middle of the stage into this box. And then there's a bright light. Boom. He disappears. He disappears. He disa- yeah. Yeah. He disappears and then reappears across the entire theater. Yeah. And, and Borden's like, okay, what's going on? Like, this isn't normal. Right. And that Tesla coil is so amazing. It's like, it's like shocking him, you know, and it, it looks ridiculously cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it does. It just looks ridiculously cool. And then he disappears, mm-hmm. which is like pretty awesome. And then uh, obviously there's that kind of like, hush in the crowd and that's the prestige part it's like <gasps> did he die did what happened and then he shows up on the balcony and you're like there's yeah. no way legit again it's that disbelief it's like there's no way that guy was able to get over there how did he do that yeah, and that's and where borden now is obsessed with the trick 
Yes. And so Borden's like thinking like, is this magic? Is this real magic? Like, how is he achieving this trick? Yeah. Yeah. And so he, you know, secretly goes, you know, underneath the stage yep. of uh, Angier's, one of Angier's performances. Yep. And he sees the truth behind um, uh, the trick. Mm-hmm. And what is that uh, horrific truth? of what's happening to Angier. Well, first of all, there's blind stagehands, which is interesting. Yeah. And we well, don't, we don't understand why they're blind until right. like much later. Moment. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Much later. But when he gets there, there's a, a tank similar to the tank we saw earlier in the film. It's like a, you know, an enclosed tank and it latches and Angier's character is banging on, the window, like, help me, get me out, get me out. Mm-hmm. And Borden's like, dude, what's happening? You know, like, this is bad. And that cutter shows up and he dies. Yeah. <laughs> like, and so, like, what's the happening? whole, yeah, the whole audience can hear this um, oh, commotion right. happen. Commotion. Too. Like, he's like right. screaming, like, somebody yeah. help this man. Something went wrong. Like, yeah, yeah, he yeah. thinks the trick went wrong. Like, yes, correct. Right. And, it, and it mimics and it mirrors uh, the first act of yes. the movie, yeah. which is Angier's yeah. um, wife plunging into the water tank and dying. And, you know, this happens again. And he's like, yeah. I can't believe he took the axe. He's trying to get him out and didn't get him out in time. Right. So yeah. this is the revelation that Angier is one, cloning himself. To, <laughs> to move across such great distances yes. instantaneously. And then what he's doing with the, the the copy. The copy is he's... Or the original. Yeah. If you really think about it. He's killing him off. Right. And, and, and then that's how we know, I guess, because like every night they're offloading, the stagehands are offloading this tank, right? Mm-hmm. And so... Borden also has an assistant that's also spying on Angier. And you're like, what is, <laughs> what's going on here? And so um, he's like, yeah, this happens every night. They're blind. They do their thing. And that's where he's trying to get the intel, right? He's trying to get all this intel. And uh, yeah. And so what he's technically doing is killing those, the, the clone in the tank and then they're transporting off to somewhere we don't know, but that's that's the take. So then the next thing we know is that Borden's on trial for murder, and mm-hmm. you're like, this is going this is going deep real fast, you know? Right, yeah. yeah. So Angier frames well, I mean Well, yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> it's it's I think I would say like no, not even. So yeah. Like, it's not Angier that's orchestrating this. He's kind of, like, letting it happen because, Correct. like, he's pretending to be dead. Yes. So he's, in a way, enacting his final revenge to Borden, which is, like, like I faked my death. Yep. And now I can finally have my, my last word with you, which is I'm going to send you to jail because of my murder. Quote, <laughs> my murder. Right, right. Exactly, exactly. And so then he, then, I mean, he gets tried and then there was a, a kind of uproar again, anything with like English parliament, it's very cool. It's kind of cool, especially seeing it in London, you know, London courthouse, that type of thing. Yeah. Cutter is basically saying on 
on the stand, I can't reveal any tricks because that's against kind of the magician code, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is kind of interesting as well. It's like, I can't give up these secrets, you know, that kind of thing. So the judge is like, all right, let me see the trick behind the scenes, you know, that kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. so all while, like, even though Angier went through such great lengths to replicate the transported man, mm-hmm. still with uh, Borden in jail and all mm-hmm. his, Yep. things seized like he still doesn't understand how borden did it because like mm. he knew tesla did not help him Cre- out correct and he just and he, like like he's a working class guy he doesn't have access to a whole right. bunch of money like yeah. how, how did he do it? it well the other thing that's going on too that we didn't touch upon is like borden's wife is also not happy it gets to the point where um, she just has a hard time communicating with him. And right. um, she just, and she also feels like Borden is now falling in love with Olivia, which is Scarlett Johansson's character. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do see some chemistry there as well. And um, she never kind of went back to Andrew also. Um, and so like you, yeah, like the audience sees that as well. It's like, oh yeah, there's something going on there, you know? Um, but Borden's wife eventually is just like, I can't, I can't deal with this anymore. And so she, she commits suicide, which is another, you know, in his workshop too, which is yeah another kind of tragic moment of this whole thing happening. So now mm-hmm. we have both wives dead. We have, you know, Andrew technically dead, but, you know, and then Borden is now going to jail and he's also losing his daughter, which is like, you know, there's a lot of casualties here, you know, um, uh, as we move into the third act. And it's just like, this is pretty extreme for, again, like these two magicians, you know. When's enough enough? Like you're going, you're, how many people need to fall around you just for you to one up? this guy like it's right and and that's pretty much what it is it's like he's trying to one-up this thing and it's like mm-hmm. at what cost is it and i think obviously losing his wife he lost himself being grounded and therefore that's where um this kind of just snow is snowballing it's it's getting and now he's you know faking his death to frame the guy you know it's just it's it's sadistic. It's, it's it's sadistic, you know. So, and continuing Angier's like descent to madness, like mm. so, yeah. uh, Borden, like after he's been charged with murder and on death's row, Angier comes back not as Angier but as Lord Caldlow. Yes. So it's pretty much great just, name, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a cool name. Like yeah, he looks cool like name. a lord because like he has like this evil evil mustache uh, goatee looking thing <laughs> right yeah and so borden's like are you you're kidding me like you're alive because like even borden didn't understand how his transported man worked like so well before before that happens now he, he there's like a representative or a lawyer i would guess it would be you know yeah. like and so he's asking he's basically asking money from board like he he will help borden borden out and give me the secrets, give me the codex, give me the whole thing. So I know everything about you, you know? 
Um, and that's what Lord Caldwell wants. You're like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. And again, there there's a point too where uh, Borden's assistant comes and basically says that his daughter's going to the work work. I don't I don't know what you would call that, like child labor, basically. I mean, yeah, not, she's going to work in the factories or textile <laughs> mills. Like it's you know the industrial like, revolution. Revolution, so. right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's like, oh, okay, this is. Now this is going bad. Now he's losing his daughter. So that was the last straw to basically say, okay, um, we need to, uh, we need to, um, I need to sell my secrets. Right. And he sells them and the, the lawyer gets them and he said, well, where's the prestige? Like, where's the prestige in all these tricks? Like mm. these tricks are useless without the third act. Right. And so Borden purposely omitted third act in all his tricks so they wouldn't be replicated fantastic so even true tr- truly to the magician you know mm-hmm. so even in the end like borden still had the upper hand mm. in uh angier so there's there's a whole nother element to this movie that we want to keep secrets that yeah. would you know there's a massive twist at the end like that we've been omitting this entire time like we mostly focused on Angier's plight and Angier's story, but like with Borden, like it's a whole nother thing, whole nother game. Like it's it's such a great story, right? To be told. Right, and even though this movie came out, you know, fourteen years ago, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're still going to keep it um, pristine as much as possible. But yeah, there's a whole nother thing, you know. But so given that. Um, before we close, yeah. the thing we'd like to do at Syndicate is the one reason why. So yeah. there's a perfect segue for me to ask you, what's your one reason you would recommend this movie to somebody? Like, why would someone, why do they need to watch this film? I think, you know, um, especially, you know, what I like is, you know, sci-fi and thrillers and stuff like that. And, um you know, a lot of splash, a lot of, you know, a lot of times those movies, a lot of splash, but this is like totally character driven mm-hmm. and very intriguing. So the one word would be, you know, intriguing, or I would say engagement, like you're totally engaged. Um, and it doesn't take long to get hooked into the world, you know, the characters and the overall atmosphere of this movie. And I feel like it's very engaging. So I would say that would be my one word. Like you're, you're going to, if you want to watch the prestige, you want to be engaged. This is the movie for you. Oh yeah. I definitely agree. Like you need to sit down and really pay attention. Like throughout the entire film, like there's one line that is spoken multiple times, which is, are you watching carefully? Like, Mm. The entire movie in of itself is like a magic trick. So, right. Like, and right. In the first act, too, they go, uh, Cutter's like, hey, go see this Chinaman down the street. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you could tell me how he makes that goldfish disappear, you, you'll, you'll be on stage, basically. You know, that's yeah. kind of like the, and both of them go get the seat, you know, get a seat, watch them, and they can't figure it out. And then he even sneak behind stage and like, it's a whole act. Like this guy is a whole act. He's not, he's on the hundred percent of the time. And you're like, man, that's, that's kind of deep. And they, they, and then they show both 
uh, they show Angie trying to recreate it. And he's like, I, I don't know how they do it. I don't know how he did it, you know? And that's the whole, that's the whole thing about this movie. Like you're, you're constantly, your brain's constantly like, okay, how are they doing it? Like, and cause again, Nolan's very good of showing you enough, but not, he's not heavy handed about it. He's not mm-hmm. letting you know everything right up front. Right. Yeah. And the more you watch it, the more you understand yes, what's it, actually happening. Yes. And the reason why it's called the prestige and the movie, why the reasons, the reason why the movie is called the prestige is because by the time you finish the movie, it's like, this is the prestige. Like, <laughs> right. Okay. I understand the trick yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's like a puzzle. Like you get, you get the border, you know, like you get all the border stuff and then you slowly start filling the middle. And it's like, the movie, the last like final piece of the movie, is really the end, and you and you get that final piece, and you kind of like it like all hits you at your once. And you're like, oh my gosh, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, so. yeah, definitely. And then for me, the one reason I would recommend this movie to somebody is because like it's such a ride of a movie mm. because like it yeah, starts cool. with yeah because yeah. when you watch it. It's like, okay, this is a movie about dueling magicians. And then halfway through the movie, it's like, okay, like, are we seriously going? Is this the same movie? Like, (laughs) are we seriously going here? Is this like, is this actually happening? Like the cloning and Nikola Tesla and (laughs) all this other stuff. Like the the Tesla Edison subplot doesn't detract from the movie. I feel like most movies, if they have these kind of complicated subplot, it would derail. And this movie is so strong. It doesn't, it doesn't, it really doesn't. It like mm-hmm. plays perfectly into the overall story, which is when we sit back and start talking about it, like, man, there's a lot going on in, in this thing. And it, I agree. It's like a ride. It's like you're going up and down, you know, and that kind of thing. Yeah. And like, there's so much going on and it's like a ride because like you can write it multiple times and then mm. see stuff that you didn't catch on Yeah, the first time. So and that's what makes movies great, right? I mean, like Fast and Furious 9, Fast and Furious whatever, <laughs> tw- you know, Fast and Furious, they go to space or whatever. You know, it's like, it, it's the same, you know, and you're going to, you you know what you're getting into, right? And I feel yeah. like with this experience, you're, they're, you're not only engaged, but like you said, it's a ride. Like, you're not really sure what you're going to get out of this. And as it goes, it's like, oh, this is going pretty deep, you know, so. Right. So, definite recommendation um, yes. from me. I'm glad I had the opportunity to show you this film. Like, yes. it's, yeah. it's a great movie that's often overlooked. Yes, agreed. And that's it for this time on Syndicates. We hope you enjoyed yourself. We've been talking about The Prestige by Christopher Nolan. Please check it out where it is available. And I'd like to take a moment to thank my guest, Todd, for coming on the show. Yes, thank you so much for having me on. It was It was a blast. You can find Todd at WSTR Galactic Public Access. And if you'd like to keep the conversation going, please add us at Syndicate on your favorite social media platform. That's C-I-N-E-D-I-C-A-T-E, Syndicates. And if you have any questions about the program or even media that we recommend, please reach out at info at syndicate.com or visit the website, syndicate.com. And until next time, stop that scroll and spend more time watching. Bye.
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 